All right, I'm excited to share with you today. Now, you might notice something a little bit different. I got a haircut between the time of filming the worship and my message now. We should have timed it out where I could do one of those snap things, you know, where it changes quickly. But to start out today, I wanted to tell you a little story, a story of a camping trip, one that I'll never forget. Um, This was the end of high school, and a group of really good friends of mine, we decided we're going to go on a camping trip in Algonquin Park. So my friends, they booked the different camping sites. We were going to hike to each one, and we met up at Algonquin Park. Well, to make a long story short, the trip, in some ways, was a bit of a disaster. You see, we didn't really plan ahead in some ways in terms of, like, the necessities. So we didn't really plan out the water situation too well. And on top of that, each site was quite a far distance from each other, especially that first day. I think we walked pretty much the entire day, to get to the campsite. And it was really hot and humid, so we were sweating quite a lot. And on top of that, the food situation, we didn't pack light. We didn't think, okay, let's do this in as light a way as possible. We had a a barbecue that we were carrying that we took turns carrying. I think a friend of mine, my good friend, in his backpack, he had a whole sack of potatoes. Like, we were loaded down here. So, and Add all that to the fact that we didn't have enough water. So by the end of the first day, I thought I was going to die from heat stroke and dehydration. So a bit of a mess in some ways. And I remember with the water situation, like we had to boil the water. So you're waiting for it to cool down after you boiled it so that it's safe and you're drinking hot water. Yeah, really interesting situation that way. But at the same time, on the other side of that, it was one of the most memorable enjoyable trips I've been on. There's just so many fond memories in it. Because even though (laughs) there was that aspect of the water and provisions and just being so tired, there was also these times when we were just laughing, just having such a good time together. It really bonded us as friends and all of us think back to that trip. And also, you know, those times when you're jumping in one of the lakes and you're just, it's such a refreshing feeling or just being together in that beautiful scenery. In those moments, it felt like it was almost all worth it. You know, it's like you just felt really alive in those moments. So why am I telling that story? Well, it's because we're talking about wisdom this week again. And in the book of Proverbs, it makes a link between wisdom and life. And it actually uses two really helpful pictures to help us understand that relationship, that link. On the one hand, it talks about wisdom and the growth in wisdom as being kind of like a journey, like a path that we're on. And the destination is life, even the tree of life. It also uses the image of water and it kind of compares receiving wisdom, the gift of wisdom, to like receiving a fountain, a fountain of life, water of life. We're going to explore those pictures together today. And what we're going to do is dig beneath the surface a little bit and see how those actually are pointing to Jesus and the eternal life that he makes possible, that he gives freely. So it might sound like a lot to cover, but I know we can get through it. It's going to be good. I'm excited to to talk about this. So let's get started. First, let's look at these two pictures. Let's, Let's kind of get to them together. So as I said, the first one is this path 
image. If, we, if you were to type in, you know, if you were to go to, say, Bible Gateway, and you were to type in the word life, and you were to look at Proverbs 10 to 15, you would find a, a pattern emerging. And by the way, we're looking at Proverbs 10 to 15 because that's kind of our next section of the book of Proverbs. It's, it's called Solomon's, it, the, the book of Solomon's Proverbs, part one. So if you do that search there, you're going to find one pattern emerging here. Um, you're going to see that the, the, the growth and, uh, you know, the pursuit of wisdom is, is like a journey. It, it's like a path that we're on with a really significant endpoint or destination. So let's look at some passages. In Proverbs 10, 17, it says, The one who heeds instruction is on the way to life, but the one who rejects rebuke goes astray. Proverbs 12, 28, it says, In the path of righteousness there is life, but another path leads to death. And there, you can pretty much substitute righteousness with wisdom, because in the Proverbs, wisdom, righteousness, justice, they all go together. So it's saying, in the path of wisdom is life. And Proverbs 3, 18 <laughs> brings that together and says that wisdom is like a tree of life. To those who grasp onto her, and everyone who takes hold of her will be blessed. We bring those together, we see that growth in wisdom is like a journey, and a journey that all of us must take. But the destination is life, even the tree of life. So that's one picture, that tree of life, that, that path image. Let's hold on to that for a second. Let's look at the second one now, this idea of water and, and life. Again, we survey that word life in Proverbs 10 to 15. We see another pattern. And it talks about wisdom being life-giving water. So, Proverbs 14, 27. It says, The fear of the Lord is like a life-giving fountain to turn people from deadly snares. Remember from before, that fear of the Lord there, that is the beginning, the foundation of wisdom. And it's what keeps our growth in wisdom happening. And fear of the Lord there, it means, in a, in a, you know, putting it succinctly, it means um, that we have an awe and, and uh, reverence and respect for God that leads to worship and adoration and devotion. All of that leading to wisdom is like a life-giving fountain to turn people from deadly snares. And the interesting thing is that in turn, the Proverbs talks about people who are receiving wisdom, they can in turn give life to others. Uh, Proverbs 10.11 says, The speech of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the speech of the wicked conceals violence. Or Proverbs 13.14, Instruction from the wise is like a life-giving fountain to turn a person from deadly snares. There, bringing those together, we see that wisdom is a gift from God and it's like a gift of life, a gift of a life-giving fountain. And in turn, those who receive that gift can freely give to others that same life-giving water. Well, on the one hand, these point to that life well lived that we've been talking about, that art of living um, that is the gift of all those who pursue wisdom. The, the path of wisdom is one of peace. It's one of harmony. It's one of full and good life. 
it's not one of disorder, of disarray, of chaos, and those sorts of things. The path of, of wisdom is life because it's avoiding those snares. It's avoiding ruin, as the Proverbs puts it. And also, it's talking about how this gift of wisdom is a gift of goodness. It's a gift of a good life for people. In that way, it is a gift of, of like life-giving water. And those who have wisdom can, can share it. They can spread you know, righteousness and justice and goodness to, all, to those that they come into contact with, those in their community, in their lives. So that's one way we could look at this. And, and I can attest to this in my own life. Let me give you an example from my life. When I think about an area where I've kind of tested both sides of wisdom, so to speak, it would be in, in relationships, in romance. And I'm talking about when I was younger. I mean, just like most guys, definitely made my mistakes when it comes to relationships. And I know when I think back and I think about the times when, you know, you just kind of, you know maybe what the wise thing to do is because you know what your parents would say or you know what your, you know, the better advice of your friends would be. Um, but I rejected those things and instead, you know, went my own way. And when I did that, you know, those relationships became more like a source of, you know, chaos and disorder and a source of pain for, for both of us. But when I smartened up and I went the way of wisdom in my relationship, particularly with my relationship with my wife, Randy, though I'm sure she'll tell you there's times when I played the fool as well, but overall I went the way of wisdom. That was such a different story. It was a relationship of peace and just growing and goodness. It was a life-giving relationship. Hence why we got married. So I can totally attest to this idea of the path of wisdom and the gifts of wisdom as being life-giving, being peace and harmony and all those really good things, like fullness of life. So that's one way we can understand these pictures. But let's go a bit deeper now. Because that's the, I, one of the things that I love about Scripture. You can kind of have these different levels of meaning, so to speak. So you've got the, the surface meaning and, and kind of the, the context there, maybe what the author originally intended. But then you can go a little bit below the surface and look for deeper meanings as well. There we're kind of looking at like the symbols that are there or maybe the, the, the more um, wider themes that are, being, um, that are being explored, themes that kind of run throughout Scripture. That's like the deeper meaning that's there. And here, when we hear about wisdom being a tree of life and being water of life, it's certainly picking up on some big themes there. And what we're going to see, what we're going to talk about now is this ultimately is pointing to that eternal life that Jesus makes available. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit of a journey through Scripture together. It won't be a long one. I promise it's going to be a good one. So let's just take a little trip through scripture together to get there. We're going to start in the beginning. The first time we hear about life, well, it's in the beginning at Genesis chapter 1. There it talks about how God gave life 
to the living beings in creation, right? He, he created the heavens and the earth, and then he filled them with living creatures. The gift of life that all natural things share. But then in Genesis 2, it talks about a different type of life that's available uh, to humanity. And it uses two important images to talk about the source of that other type of life. And there we get, for one, the tree of life. In Genesis 2.9, it talks about in the Garden of Eden in the center, there is the tree of life. And we read in Genesis 3 that actually the type of life that it makes available is eternal life, God's own life. The fact that it's in the center of the garden, that points to the idea that it's through an intimate relationship with God that we can come to share in God's life, to share in eternal life. And that's by trusting in God, by relying on God, and especially by relying on God's wisdom for our lives. The other image that we get here of this other source of, or sorry, this other type of life and a source for it is water. Actually, in Genesis 2, when it starts out there, it describes the earth and it describes it kind of like a desert. I just picked this up recently thanks to the Bible Project, actually. But here's what it says there, Genesis 2, 4 to 5. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. Nothing was growing yet. For the Lord had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Then we read that God sends the rain, bringing about that natural life again that all living things share. But then it talks again about another source of life coming from the Garden of Eden. It talks about in Genesis 2, 10 to 14, we get this picture of a river that starts in Eden. And it's nourishing, it's, it's giving water to all the things in Eden. And then it's going out from there to the surrounding lands. So again, we're getting this picture of this eternal life, God's life, starting in Eden and being like water, like a river of water flowing from Eden, giving life in Eden, and then going out to the surrounding lands. So, but as we know in that story there in Genesis 2, even though humanity had access to the tree of life and the water of life, that eternal, that eternal life, <laughs> the sources of eternal life, there was another tree there as well, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree represents going in our own way, rejecting God, rejecting God's wisdom, God's path for our lives, and instead doing it our own way, coming to our own wisdom, our own version of good and evil. And humanity ate from that tree. Humanity decided to reject God, reject God's ways and wisdom, and go our own way. And as a result, we lost access to the tree of life and the water of life. We lost access to eternal life because we were cut off from our relationship with God. So you can probably see where I'm going here now because let's flash forward to Proverbs and remember Proverbs use those very images to talk about wisdom. Wisdom now, if we put this together, we can see how it's saying that 
look, the path of wisdom is actually one that leads us back to that tree of life, back to eternal life. And the benefits, the gifts, receiving wisdom is like, and all starting with fear of the Lord, remember, that is like receiving that life-giving water again, that river, that water from Eden that we were cut off from. And in turn, we then can spread that life to others. Wisdom is this kind of path and link to that eternal life that we lost out on. That's pretty powerful. Let that sink in for a moment. We've now just uncovered a whole new dimension <laughs> to wisdom. Okay, but you might be wondering, how does that work? Like, how can wisdom do that? Link us back up to eternal life. Okay, let's move forward now. We're nearing the end of our tour here. We're moving now to Jesus because Jesus is the answer there. All this is pointing to Jesus. Because the fascinating thing, the important thing to see is that Jesus and the New Testament pick up on these very themes when it's talking about what Jesus has made possible. So in John verse 4, 14, Jesus says this, Whoever drinks some of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus identifies himself with that life-giving water. Going back to the Garden of Eden and then talking about that wisdom link there. Wisdom is, this Proverbs is pointing to Jesus as that source. And also in John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. Jesus there is saying he's that tree of life. And if we connect to him, seek him, abide in him, remain in him, we have that eternal life that we lost. And to complete the picture, Jesus in the New Testament is clearly identifies the wisdom of God. We see it straight away in John 1. It talks about how Jesus is the Logos, the Word of God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. Jesus is the Logos of God, the wisdom of God that is life for all humankind. There's an echo here in Proverbs 3, 19 to 20. And it says there, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. Well, the Apostle Paul knew this connection. He saw this connection, which led him to say in 1 Corinthians 1, 24, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Wow, so let's bring that together for a second. Jesus is the fulfillment. He's the answer to that question. He's the fulfillment of this idea of wisdom being the path to eternal life. 
when you desire wisdom, when you're pursuing justice and righteousness, when you start with the fear of the Lord, you're going to find Jesus. And when you do, you'll find that he is that tree of life, of eternal life that we can find in relationship with him. We'll find that he is that fountain of that water of life, of eternal life, that in turn, once we are given, we can spread to others. We can be a source of that for others. Jesus is the wisdom of God, and Proverbs is pointing to him as the source of eternal life. Okay, so we just did quite a bit there, and we're going to conclude now. To summarize what we've been talking about, we've seen that Proverbs makes a clear connection between wisdom and life. And on the one hand, we see that the path of wisdom is a path to harmony and peace, a life well lived. And so the gift of wisdom is that good life, so to speak. But the wisdom literature also points to Jesus in that it picks up on these themes of the tree of life and the water of life, which we lost access to, but now which we again can have access to because of Jesus. When we come to him in relationship and when we abide in him, he is that water of life, he is that tree of life, he is making available eternal life. Okay, to finish off, I just want to say a little more about eternal life. And one of the best places I know to go for is actually C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. There he talks about these two different types of life. Remember from Genesis, we had the natural life and we had the eternal life. He calls the natural life bios, one of the, one of the Greek words for life. And he calls the other one zoe. Um, here's what he says. Bios has, to be sure, a certain shadowy or symbolic resemblance to Zoe, but only the sort of resemblance there is between a photo and a place, or a statue and a man. A man who changed from having Bios to Zoe would have gone through as big of a change as a statue which changed from being a carved stone to being a real human. So that is such a great image of this difference here between that natural life and that eternal life. Bios and Zoe. It's like a statue coming alive, being made into a real human. And that's hard <laughs> for us to get our minds around. It's hard for us in this life to understand what that eternal life is like. But I think we get it in glimpses. I think we can perceive it in moments. And that's why I brought up that story, that camping trip at the beginning. Because I believe that it was in those moments when I said, you know, we felt really alive. Those moments of friendship, those moments of refreshment, of appreciating beauty. It's in those moments that we were experiencing that Zoe, that eternal life of God. So it's in love, true love. It's in beauty. It's in those kinds of moments that we catch a glimpse of this eternal life. And when we do catch that glimpse, we sense that we're onto something quite big, right? We sense that we're at the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. We're talking about a life that is boundless, 
The best word for it is eternal. It's everlasting. And the beautiful thing is that all of this is a gift. It's a gift. It's like drinking water. Jesus has made this eternal life, this wisdom of God, available um, for any who would just accept it. It's a gift. And if you're watching this today, you're listening today, and you're saying, I don't, I don't know what we're, we're really talking about here. I haven't experienced this. I want it for myself. Well, it's a really easy thing. All you have to do is say, sorry, God, for going it on my own. Sorry for the times when I've rejected your ways and your wisdom, maybe even not knowing. And thank you. Thank you for this gift. And I receive this gift. Thank you. And that gift can be yours. So let's pray together now before we sing one more song. And I'm going to give us all a chance to pray that prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you so much for what we've learned today. We've learned that wisdom leads to life. Life itself, a good and full life. But also, we learn that Jesus, you are that source of eternal life that we all long for. And you make that available as a gift to all of us. So for those of us here today who, who want to accept that gift, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the times when I did my own thing, when I've rejected your will for me, when I've rejected your wisdom. I'm sorry, even when I've done it unknowingly. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. And I accept your gift into my life. And I look forward to this new journey together. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.